Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in our series we're doing called Living Invitations. And uh, we're, we're quite a way in. If you've been here for some time, you know I do long series. I get sort of on a thread and I just keep going it, going and going and going. But uh, um, there's a lot of great stuff, I think, that we can talk about in this series. And um, in being living invitation, we, we, we're really kind of talking about the church and, and what it means. And I it started this whole thing by saying the church is about people. Whenever you read about the church in the scripture, it's about people. Um, it's either the, um, the, the people like we're the church right now. And, um, you know, when uh, church is something um, that you are, not something that you do. So um, you're the church now gathered corporately. When you leave, you're still the church. You're just the church out there. We're the church. It's who we are. Uh, and or you know sometimes the church is you know all the people that have been before us since Christ that's the church um, but we're a part of that which is a cool part of the story so because the this is uh, the church is all about people it's also about relationships and it's about our relationship with God our relationship with the people of God and our relationship with the future people of God and these things are all sort of something that we can look at in the context of of worship and fellowship discipleship and Mission, and mission is what we've been talking about for, you know, the last 12 weeks or so, and uh, uh, we're going to continue. We've got a couple more weeks of mission that we're going to talk about here, and really what we're doing now is we're looking at 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 21. I'm breaking it down because that's at the heart of what we believe our mission as this little part of the church is who we are. It's where we really get uh, and use as our foundation for the things that we do. So um, it's good for us to talk about that so that we know where we're coming from. And last week, among other things, we started that. I, I talked about our mission statement, which is one more. And um, we wanted a mission statement that everybody could know, that we talk about often, that's in front of you. And if anybody ever asks you, what's that church you go to all about? What's the vineyard all about? You, you, one more. What does that mean? One more lost child back to dad. One, one more to Jesus, one more into the kingdom, but that's what we do, and it helps define us. So um, it, it, we sort of think about that mission as we go and do the things that we're called to do. So we're going to talk more about mission today in just a moment. That's the intro transition, always a bad joke or two. My neighbor knocked on my door the other morning at 2.30 in the morning. Can you believe that? 2.30 in the morning. Fortunately for him, I was still up playing my bagpipes. I like that one. You know, if you, a little cooking tip, just by the way, if you mix coconut oil in with your kale, uh, it makes it much easier to scrape into the garbage. <laughs> I'm rolling it. All right. I probably shouldn't do this one, but I like this one. Last one. There is no I in denial. Okay. I'm hoping that's the one that'll get you later. Yes, there is. No, there's none. Scripture reading. That's why I put it right here. Chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's also plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us. 
because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer. Therefore if anyone is in Christ he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting men's sins against them and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation we're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us we implore you on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God Blessed be the word of the Lord. So that whole passage that I just read to you is really where we get our foundation for our mission. Today we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 15. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So last week, as, uh, as I said, we started to talk about our mission as a church. One of the things that I said in, in that message was that the church um, has a historical tendency, certainly, to, um, I, I described it as circling the wagons. And that um, because it seems sort of safer to be in here with other people that are like us, rather than to be out there where oftentimes people are not so much like us any longer. It just seems like sort of a good plan. Let's get in here and we're just going to be safe. But the problem is that once the, the church does that, it becomes ineffective in the world and it's not a good place to be. Since we're not created to do that, that's not what we're called to do, we end up, if that happens, the church, the church just begins sort of infighting and picking on one another and it, it becomes a, not a good experience um, fairly quickly. And yet, historically, the church will go there. So it's that idea of circling the wagons. Yet, what Jesus demonstrated and called us to was to, um, to go out and, and hang out with the culture. Remember I said, now Jesus was good at that. It doesn't mean that he was out there doing the things they were doing, but he was loving them. And, and the way that he loved them actually drew them into the kingdom of God, which is what he was extending to them. So the church... Um, uh, I like to think of the church and what we're supposed to be is a force and not a fortress. There's a difference. So, you know, that, that mentality of circling the wagons would make us a fortress. Okay, we're going to be safe in here, but we're, we're called to be a force because, we, you know, our security is in Him. And when I think about that, that we're to be a force, I have an acronym that I came up with a long time ago that I, I like to use in, in sort of staying in direction. And so that force to me means that we're a frontline operation. I like that. Uh, that's the F and the O. Um, and we're reconciling, caring, and encouraging. That's what we're supposed to be doing in, in the world around us. Um, we're to be a force and not a fortress. So that changes the way that we do things. So in the process, um, we're going to be involved then with uh, presenting a message, the message that we have of reconciliation. We're going to be involved with hospitality, which is about caring about people, and we're going to be involved in encouraging people, which to me is about generosity and, and what that looks like 
sort of um, knowing those things helps them understand some of the reasons why we do some of the things that we do. Because we do some things here that, uh, that might um, be different from some of your previous experience, or maybe it's not, but uh, it does sort of make things a little different. But there's a reason behind the, why we do a lot of things that we do. So, what are some of the things we do? Well, um, in this idea of generosity, um, it, it speaks to me all the time of outreach. And so, point number one in your notes is outreach. And not only outreach, but it's outreach that makes people say what? Sort of, uh, we want them to question why we're doing what we're doing. Outreach that makes people say what? And I like to do uh, different things. So if you wonder what I'm talking about, it's like why we have an ice cream truck. Not a whole lot of churches have ice cream trucks. It's not the normal, but we have a we have a great ice cream truck, and it's all got all the stuff all over it, you know, that makes it look like an ice cream truck, and it has the ice cream truck music, which is wonderful because ice cream truck music makes people lose their minds. Really, grown grown people start chasing down an ice cream truck, and I know it's the music, and they hear it, and they're like, ice cream, and they, and we we actually have been out in the truck and had people they were working on roofs leap off the roof <laughs> to get it and it's okay and um and and so what the ice cream truck see is, is is then we do the thing we always do we give it away we don't ever charge we never take anybody's money we give them free ice cream and we do that to bless them and and it's one of those things that we do um, so that um, people have to question why are we doing that. Well, why, why are you doing that? Why are you out here doing that? Well, we just want to bless you and encourage you and just thought, you know, it's a nice way to kind of say hello and here you go, here's an ice cream. We don't take it heavier than that, you know, we dare. I mean, if somebody ever asks us to pray, we certainly would for them, but we're just out there trying to bless them a little bit. Um, it's why we do community movie nights. People ask me, well, why do you do that? So pretty much three times a month, in the summer we may only do twice, but uh, we do community movies, and we do a, an animated movie, and we do a faith-based movie, and we do a non-animated movie, and we never charge for that stuff, and we, um, we as a church, we bear that expense, you know, we have to license that, we buy a license to show that, I don't just, you know, that little thing that comes on, you know, about the FBI, come, we don't want any part of that, so, uh, so we pay the license, and we, we, uh, we get popcorn, and we give away popcorn, and whatever else we got, and we give that away. And people go, well, you know, it makes people think, well, why are you doing that? And uh, we want to bless people. And one of the realities that I know when, when uh, uh, movies are really expensive, and I, I heard somewhere the other day that they're going to keep getting more expensive. And it's not unusual now to pay, what, $15 for a movie ticket? Um, so if you have a family of four or five and you want to go to the movies, um, it's it's really expensive, so people don't go. So we get, guess what we end up having here? Lots of people with families, and they bring all their kids, and they get to enjoy a good movie, and we got a big screen that pulls down, and a projector, and it's free popcorn, and it's all free. Well, they they wonder what that's all about. Well, that's why we're doing it. We want them to go, what, why is the church doing that? Well, we just want to bless you and encourage you, and maybe you'll you know, kind of come back sometime. We have a lot of folks that come to a movie that come back to church, and we know that if they come in, they're going to hear the gospel, and there you go. It's part of what we do. We do $1 car washes, uh, which is, is funny because people come in expecting to pay a dollar. We wash your car really well, and we never take their dollar. We give them a dollar. We say, oh, no, it's a $1 car wash. Here you go. Here's your dollar. That really unsettles people the first time through. 
They'll be looking at us, and they're really trying to figure it out because they're hanging on the money, and you just gave them money, and they're having to process. One of my favorite things to say when people say, well, you know, how, do, how do you do that? And I say, well, when you, you just have to do big volume. Um, <laughs> and then they're even more confused because they're like, well, um, but see, I, I love that stuff. I want people to think that, that something's, what, what's, why would they do that? What's different about that? You know, a lot of people have some bad ideas about what the church is. They've got bad church experience or, you know, culturally they've listened that all the church really cares about is money or this or that. And, and so we need, to, we need to break that up so that we can get them to listen to this message that we have. We want to we wanna put them in a spot where they're, they're open to receive what we have to share with them. Um, and so it's different. I like that. 2 Corinthians 5.13 says, If we are out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. And I think that describes what we do. I like it. That, that we're doing things. That, how do we reach people around us? Um, you know, in Jesus' time, it was different. But Jesus would go to these things where they were all eating and everything, and he wanted everybody to come and be a part. They wanted to kind of break it up. Nah, come on in. We want everybody to come and be a part. Well, we want to see that too. So, so that's all about demonstrating generosity in, in ways that make people question. We're trying to break down stereotypes and opinions that people have about church and often about God's, God. And so if the way that they're thinking can be um, sort of challenged by an act of kindness or encouragement, then perhaps they'll be open to rethinking some of their other ideas. So we're about to do a new thing. And uh, um, we just recently bought a food trailer. And we, we bought it a few months ago. We have it ready to go now. It's, it's all, and we're about to start. We haven't taken it out yet, but we're about to. And uh, we've got it parked right out there where it's ready to go. And over the next few weeks, we're going to start taking that out. Now, how's the food trailer going to go? Well, this is my thought, and this is how my, I plan on doing it. So we'll get out where someone will let us. We'll get on the side of the road, uh, like at lunchtime, and we'll have a little sandwich board, and we'll have like three different possibilities for lunch. So and we're, we make a really good uh, picadillo. So we're going to make picadillo, and we'll have it three different ways, like picadillo, just picadillo with some rice maybe and some chips, and that'll be one thing, you know, with picadillo meal. And then we, we thought we'd take that same picadillo and put on a couple of hamburger buns with some chips, and uh, we, we're going to call that sloppy Hosea's just because we can. And, uh, right? So, <laughs> and then we thought we'd put some on a salad, you know, and, and because it's picadillo, we'd call it like a Paco salad. Why not? So we'll have that all on a board out there. We got the, the little, you know, chalkboard thing that you put those things on, today's menu. Everything $5, and we'll give them, we'll give them a lunch and a bottle of water, $5. Now, in their food container, we're going to put it in the go container, on the inside there's going to be an envelope taped to the top of it that they can't miss. And on that envelope it's printed, um, um, if there is such a thing as a free lunch, what else might be true? Check inside the envelope, and then here's, an, here's a website address. Inside that envelope will be $5. So we're sneaking it back to them. I don't, didn't just want to give it away. I want something to happen in the process, all right? And now and there's a little window, so they'll see there's money in the envelope. They're going to open it. And uh, then we, we've got a website we developed, uh, a freelunch.org. And, uh, and it sort of breaks it down over three. They, they can come at different levels. They, if they type it in there, it'll say, we just wanted to bless you. If you really want to kind of a little know more about that, hit this button. It'll take them to the next level. Well, all of us have received something free that really changed our lives, and so we're just trying to kind of spread that about. If you want to know what that was, click here. So if they have to click three times, and then we, the gospel's there. So, um, so they can find their way into it and read about 
what that's all about. But see, I like those kind of things because I, I think it makes people think, what's that all about? And if you can get them thinking, then maybe they have to challenge some of their preconceived ideas of where they've been. So, secondly, our motivation for all that is love. We do it because of love. Second Corinthians 5.14, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. So why do we do some of these, you know, things? Well, because we understand how much God loves us and that He wants us to love others because He loves them as well and that we're part of the process. He made it that way. And in the time that we live in, which they often call a postmodern world, and they'll, they'll probably be changing that name soon again. Um, but in, in this postmodern world, um, love is defined by acceptance. That's how they define love. So what we have to do is learn to accept people where they are. And the perception by many of the church is that we don't do that. We're, we're not seen as accepting. So what we have to do is we, to overcome that, we have to realize that accepting someone is not licensing sin. And that's where people get stuck a lot of time. It's not saying that sin is not a big deal. It's loving people where they are and then trusting that God will work in the areas that need to be straightened out. And that's a huge part of it. And then that, that's modeled by Jesus. Jesus would go and hang out with people that the religious community didn't want anything to do with. Um, and when he did that, he accepted them. It wasn't licensing them sin. He would, as soon as they asked him what to do, he would say, don't do this, do these. But he had earned that right. But, but he accepted them where they were, and they knew that they were loved, and that's what drew them into him. And, and you know, the, we have this message, this amazing message, and I, I, I talked about it last week in detail, but, but, you know, the gospel, the good news, Christ died for our sins, was buried, and resurrected on the third day. We, remember, we broke down the verses in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, three and four last week. And, and the ministry that's produced by the good news is one of reconciliation. Um, you know, uh, people being reconciled to God because He's made a way for them in Christ, in relationship in Christ. And it's a way for us to be forgiven from our sins and, and, and the very sin that caused us to be separated from Him in the first place that we talked about last week so that we can be restored, reconciled Him into Him in fellowship now and forever. And so we're, we're motivated by love to do things that people might wonder. We're, you know, we're going to be generous because of this love that we have because we want people to be reconciled to God through the power of the gospel that we're the proclaimers of in the world around us. And see, that's our calling. Third, ministering for Him is our calling. When, when we come into this life in Him, uh, you know, the, the reason that we're not just like caught up to heaven right away um, because we now have purpose. We have ministry. We have mission. We're called into, um, into this life. And, and so ministering for Him, it's our calling, and it's also where we find life. 2 Corinthians 5, 15. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. So how we live this out, Paul gives us some great advice, I think, in Romans 12, 9 through 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what's good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. I spent a few messages already talking about hospitality earlier on in this series, but it's something we need to continue 
to practice. And, and so some of the things that we do here is, you know, we really try to make people feel loved, accepted, comfortable, and we do that so God can meet them where they're at and touch them and heal them and draw them in. And remember I said to you that, that in the root of that word hospitality means a love of strangers. And so we're, we're purposely trying to remove some religious barriers that, that often keep people from hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And often the church has put, without re realizing it, sticks these religious barriers in the way that people can't get through and get, get by and so they can't hear the message. So, you know, we feel that what we're called to is these sort of things to help people so they can find their way to be reconciled to God. That's at the heart of everything that we do. That, that idea of one more, right? That's, that's just driving all these things. So, so the stuff that's going on here is is on purpose. You know, we, we have meals here on purpose. We want people to be comfortable. You know people are much more comfortable when they're fed? Some people. I am. I don't know about you, but the way to my heart, it's a sandwich. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it settles people. And then, you know, the whole idea of table fellowship was huge in the early church anyway. People, that's what they did. They hung out at tables. That's where they socialized. And so, all those things, you know, being able to get a coffee, if you come on a Sunday morning, being able to get a bagel or Pop-Tart or breakfast or something so that you just feel like you, hey, well, that's kind of a nice thing. Well, that's what it's supposed to be like. We think this whole thing is supposed to be like that. The presence of God is here. and We should be enjoying Him and enjoying each other. And, and the people go, well, look, they don't actually hate going to church. It makes you, one of the things that makes me sad is someone telling me they don't like, like it's a, they hate going to church or they... And I'm like, I, I can't, there's something not right. It's one of those things where you should go, you know, I'm glad that there's, because it's, it's about us, right? We get to go and hang out. We get to be together. It's, at some level, it should be, it's not a chore. It's a good thing that we get to go. And, and so part of what we do is want to make sure that it feels like that. So people want to come, and they want to come back. And in the midst of all that, there's people coming and, and hanging out that don't know Jesus yet, and then, then they will. And uh, that's what it's all about. So that's why we do some of the things we do, and we're going to talk more about uh, how that all ties together next week. We'll, we'll finish up those verses. Uh, we'll be 16 through 21 next week, but we'll get to that. If you're watching my video, so glad that you uh, joined us, or if you're on the live stream, glad that you're, you're there anyway, and we'd love for you to come and visit when you get a chance. If you need prayer, go to the website, and there's a prayer place there, and uh, we will uh, pray for you when you put those things in there, and uh, we hope to see you soon. But we'll end with that.